0: Conversation from BAE Systems. Hello and welcome to Our Conversation, the podcast for BAE Systems colleagues across the world. I'm Tim Smith, and we're back with a busy show. Not only do we have the half-year financial results, but we'll also be visiting the Farnborough International Air Show, making its return after four years to hear about exciting technologies. And colleagues on the BA system stand at Farnborough were understandably excited to be back.
1: We've had a real, real range of people, but yeah, everyone's been really positive.
2: It's great to have such a large setting and so many people from so many different countries.
1: This is
3: my first time at Farnborough it's inspiring from all the innovation and the, the boundaries that we're clearly pushing as an
0: organisation.
4: Yeah really positive everyone's obviously wowed when they first walk in. Well more from
0: Farnborough shortly plus later we'll reveal the winners of our competition. Joining me as always is BAE Systems Chief Executive Charles Woodburn. Welcome Charles how are you? Very well thanks Tim. And as it's our results edition Brad Greave Chief Financial Officer is also with us welcome to you Brad. Thanks Tim nice to be here. And I'm delighted to say we're also joined from the U.S. by Tom Arsenault, President and CEO BAE Systems, Inc. Tom, welcome to the podcast again.
4: Thanks very much, Tim. Good to hear your voice.
0: Now, Charles, you've had a busy few months, I know, traveling to visit colleagues and stakeholders around the world. What stood out for you then from your more recent trips?
5: Well, as you say, Tim, I've been really enjoying the opportunity to spend uh, more time with teams and customers as as I've traveled around. And I've visited a number of our sites in the UK, Saudi Arabia, the US and Australia, and every engagement has been great. And one of the things that stood out for me is just how much everyone is enjoying being back together again. It's been brilliant for me to see firsthand the outstanding work that our people are doing and to hear feedback directly from our customers.
0: And Brad and Tom, I understand you've also been traveling to different parts of the business. What have you taken away from these engagements? Let me start with you, Brad.
6: Um, yeah, so I've been uh, I've been on the road with the finance roadshow. So we traveled to six different locations, um, covered almost 1,100 miles, uh, visited 700 of the finance function across the UK in five days. So a pretty intense uh, set of trips, but a really great time for us to. And with the finance senior leadership, go and talk about what we're doing with finance modernization, which is a a really exciting uh, program that uh, is going to take a great function and make it even better. And then um, managed to get to Cedar Rapids, Iowa uh, to visit our new GPS business out there. And that was a really good trip. Um, Great to see that part of our business and a beautiful facility.
0: Okay, Tom, what about you?
4: Well, you know Tim, one of the best parts of our jobs is is visiting our sites, meeting our people, seeing the work they do to support our customers and each other. You know, earlier this year Charles, Brad and I had the opportunity to visit with our intelligence and security employees here in McLean, Virginia. We heard about our advanced technologies and the services we provide our customers and the solutions that they need to protect people in our national security. We get to meet the INS employees, including some of the newest members of the team from Bohemia Interactive Simulations, our latest acquisition in the ink business. They do some amazing work providing militaries around the world with simulated training. I also got out to two of our ES facilities in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Great to visit with the integrated communication solutions team for the first time and tour the controls and avionics solutions facility and hear from employees at both sites about what's on their minds. I'm always so impressed and inspired by the innovation and commitment of our people. I look forward to getting around to as many of our sites as possible through the rest of the year and beyond. OK, Charles, Brad and Tom, thank you for the moment. Well, we've also been out
0: and about to the Farnborough International Air Show. And Gabby Costigan, Group Managing Director of Business Development, has been giving our reporter Tamazin Ford her impressions of the company's presence this year.
3: The stand here that we have at Farnborough is just spectacular, and we've just had so many people through the stand. I'd like to say thousands of people. And it's, you know, it's, it's really important for us to be able to get back together face to face with our customers. Um, you know, so it's been just fabulous to be able to see people, you know, and to be able to show them products again on the stand.
1: Advancements in technology are changing all the time. You've not been here for four years. What do you think you have on show that would never have made it four years ago, but simply because the technology wasn't there. I think one of the great
3: things for us that we certainly would not have had on the stand a few years ago was um, we've made some really fantastic acquisitions um, in the last couple of years as a business, and that's really to support our future growth aspirations in broadening what we do in in some of the domains that we operate in. And in particular, we have on the stand In Space and Bohemia, and you know they're bringing new technologies and capabilities in that are really. Uh, synergistic with some of the things that we do and also provide us with a growth path to other opportunities Um, you know not only that I think on the stand there's there's also new things that we probably again didn't expect to see we've seen significant advances in um, the electrification of of capability Um, and we've again you know got some great partnership examples there with um, our partnership with Pipistrel. Um, also the development of the the T650 which you can see on the stand and everybody I think comes in and looks up at that quadcopter and goes wow what is that Um, you know so that's pretty exciting so you know for the BAE employees I think this is the sort of stuff where you can sit here and go wow this is a great company to work for we've got so much stuff happening so much in the future and you know and today is just a great way to be able to, to see it all. And it's great to be here with you thanks Gabby. Thank you so much it's been a pleasure.
0: And we'll be exploring technologies at the show in a moment. But next, it's the half year financial results. Our conversation. Charles, give us your summary then of the business's performance during the first half of this year.
5: Well, Tim, we're delighted to say that we delivered a strong set of financial results for the first half of the year, and we maintained our operational performance uh, and delivered a very strong order intake through the significant contract wins. And that's left us here with a record defense order backlog, which is a real highlight from the first half results. It's fair to say that we've continued to adapt to an ever-changing environment, and I'm incredibly proud of how we've all stepped up to meet the mission-critical requirements of our customers uh, in this elevated threat environment. And delivering this set of results is a testament to the hard work of our people right across the business, so I'd like to take the opportunity to thank everyone for their outstanding efforts. Tom, I'll just hand over to you to give a few highlights from the Inc. perspective.
4: Well, thank you, Charles. You know, I am hugely proud of all the achievements from across the Inc. business this half. All of this, of course, rooted in our people and the passion and dedication they show every day in support of our customers' missions. Some of the business highlights include our electronic systems sector is continuing to deliver world-class electronic warfare systems across the F-35, the F-15 and other air platforms. They continue to win new work and advance our sustainable technologies for electric and hybrid land and air platform applications. The INS sector had an impressive first half of the year. They secured both new and recompete awards, including an 18-year contract to support the sustainment of the new ground-based strategic deterrent, and a nearly $700 million contract to support the U.S. Army's Defense Supercomputing Resource Center for the next five years. And over in Platforms and Services, despite challenges from all sides, they maintained consistent production volumes, delivered improved performance across the ship repair business, they're ramping up at the Hagland's business to handle a significant number of new orders that they've received and expect to receive in the months to come. All in all, a great half for the business, Charles. Okay,
0: well, Brad, can you now give us the main points from this set of results, please?
6: As Charles said, this is a strong set of results. Sales were up 2.8% to $10.6 billion on a constant currency basis. And this reflects the continued operational momentum that we have. And the underlying EBIT of 1.1 billion pounds was up 4%, uh, reflecting strong program execution. And we increased our profit margins, taking return on sales to 10.5%, reflecting the progress we're making on margin expansion. So margin expansion has been a key area of focus for us, and this is something we need to continue to drive going forward with further efficiency improvements. And underlying earnings per share came in at 24.5 pence. Uh, and then I think one of the standout numbers for the half was the orders. That was 18 billion pounds. Another standout number was uh, the pensions uh, number. And that's something that we've been, uh, as a company, fighting for, for quite a few years, trying to get out from under this pension deficit. And uh, I'm really excited with the billion pounds that we put into the uh, the pension funding a couple of years ago to really make sure that we uh, could fulfill all of our pension obligations um, with good returns and improvements and yields, um, we actually are sitting on a pension surplus now. So it's a really uh, fantastic turn of events. And what have you
0: announced in terms of dividends for shareholders, Brad?
6: We announced a 5% dividend increase, uh, but we also announced a $1.5 billion share buyback uh, over three years. So that really just underlines the confidence that we have in and the business and the outlook. So, um big uh, 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 capital allocation
5: moves there i think it's worth just maybe for a minute there brad just emphasizing the point we made with shareholders uh, as well was that we are investing in the business Uh, we're investing more in self-funded r d with uh, i think we're up to a double digit increase this year and we've done that over a number of years we're investing in uh, equipment and, and buildings for our people. Um, and we've got uh, we've been doing acquisitions, and we will continue to do acquisitions. So I think the important thing is that we have a balanced capital allocation policy, uh, whilst investing in the business, also being able to make sure that we're um, increasing shareholder returns as the good performance of the business continues.
6: Yeah, absolutely, the right points. I mean, we are increasing those investments, as you mentioned, and we're getting really great benefits out of our R and D programs that we're doing. We're increasing those programs. Uh, and then the capex i mean i was at cedar rapids as i said earlier and a couple of months ago and saw the great facility that we built there 280,000 square foot facility that's just one example of the things that we're doing to modernize our footprint Um, and then you know the uh, the the buyback program is something that we can do alongside um, the dividend increase and all these other investment areas that we're doing and it does not at all change our capacity to to continue to grow our business through uh, acquisitions and we really want to preserve strategic flexibility to do that
0: and Brad just finally from you on this subject always good of course to hear how the figures have been received what's been the reaction so far
6: the way the analysts have responded in terms of their early notes that they published very very positive on on the headlines you know, those key financial numbers that we talked about, you know, order backlog, top-line growth, margin expansion, good cash conversion, great capital allocation. These things have all been pulled out by the analysts as as real positives. And I think the other thing that's been pulled out is the way that the company has so far managed to, in a very difficult climate, um, manage through some of these supply chain challenges that we, we were facing and also the, the labor tightness that we have in spite of these challenges, I, th- I think the, the business has performed extremely well.
0: Brad, thanks for the moment. Let me bring Charles back in. Charles, what have you been saying to the market about the outlook for the rest of this year?
5: Well, in terms of the outlook, we've been saying that we enter the second half with strong momentum to build on and the guidance for the year, the full year guidance is maintained. Uh, We have a diverse portfolio and that, together with our focus on program execution, cash generation and the efficiencies that we've talked about before, position us well for future growth. Our priorities are unchanged and our primary consideration continues to be on keeping everyone safe. So I'd just like to reiterate the importance of looking out for each other, ensuring safety is your primary consideration if you're working on the sites. We'll also maintain our relentless focus on program delivery to ensure we continue to meet our commitments to our customers and continue to adapt our company for the future through our strong sectors, uh, functions driving best practice, and optimized shared services. And let's not forget that all of this is underpinned by our continued investment in our facilities, systems, and, and people to drive the business forwards.
0: Now Charles, I understand also that you've just announced a new future
5: chair for the company. Uh, Yes, Tim. So I'm delighted that Cressida Hogg has agreed to join the board of BA systems in November, and she'll take over as chair in May next year. And I very much look forward to working with her to drive the company forward. She's currently the chair of land securities group. And previous to that, she enjoyed a long executive career largely spent with three I group, where she developed a deep understanding of large long term infrastructure projects and businesses with a wide range of international experience. It's been uh, a pleasure working with Sir Roger and we'll enjoy his continued support until May next year when he'll be leaving us uh, with a strong legacy of good governance and a commitment to delivering for all stakeholders.
0: Thanks Charles and we hope that Cressida can join us on a future show when she begins her new role. Okay we're heading back to Farnborough now for some more of the highlights including BAE Systems technology on display.
2: Hi, I'm Justin McClellan, uh, I'm the business development lead for aircraft electrification out of the controls and avionics solutions business.
1: Why is electrification so important for BAE? Uh,
2: well I think it's it's part of our roadmap as a, as a company as a whole to, uh, to decarbonize, to be, to be green, um, so I think that's the first piece of it. Um, I think it's important to our customers as well, whether that's on the defence side or on the commercial side, uh, that they're also moving in that direction. And then I think the bottom line is that it it makes economic sense.
1: When is the day where I will be jumping on uh, an electrified plane to go on holiday?
2: Uh, well, I think by the end of the decade, uh, you know, 2028, 2029, I think we're going to start to see these in certain markets. Um, and a lot of that's being driven by regulation in certain countries. So, for example, in the Nordic countries, um, domestic flights have to be electrified by 2030, 2035, 2040. And then I think uh, we're also going to see a lot of that, um, it, these feeder feeder routes, for example, in America that would be feeding uh, a, a larger airport. You know, a fairly short flight, you're going to start to see those electrifying by, uh, starting at the end of the decade.
1: Hi, I'm Elizabeth Seward, I'm the Head of Strategy for Space at VA Systems and I sit in the CTO office. I saw you actually in the immersive experience, what did you make of that? The immersive experience is brilliant, from undersea into outer space. My favourite bit is seeing our satellite, huge, massive on the big screen, um, and seeing the, the awe on our customers as they see everything that we do. So why is space so important to BAE Systems? NATO made a decision uh, in 2019 that space is the fifth warfighting domain and we are seeing space commands pop up in countries all around the world. The UK Space Command is now a year old and the US a few years before that but we're also meeting our customers in Australia, in Canada, in Japan, in Italy and many more and it's becoming really critical to the safety and security of nations that we, we have assets in space to give us information and that we protect them. So the type of things that we're looking at and are really key are earth observation data imaging the earth and seeing what happens and feeding that data back in and then communications to get that incident communications we often we use the satellite networks.
0: Hi my name is Neil Strang I'm the Tempest delivery director
1: you've had some exciting announcements this week tell us a bit about those
0: we're talking about uh, building uh, within the next five years and flying in the next five years a very stealthy uh, looking supersonic so extremely fast Uh, fighter jets which will have uh, a pilot in the cockpit we're going to be really showing the country and the world what we are capable of. Hi my name is Alvin Fernandes I work for BAE Systems and I'm a senior engineer for the human factors team.
1: OK, so behind you we've got a, a flight simulator of some sort. Can you tell us what this is?
0: Yeah, this is our Tempest concept demonstrator. So we're looking at a lot of technologies to make the pilot's life a lot easier in a very complex battle space of 2035. We're designing for, for pilots that haven't even been born yet. The kids would expect to use pinch and zoom. They'd expect to use voice control. They'd expect to use eye control like they do when they play an Xbox. So it's almost like a very, very sophisticated Xbox system that they jump in to when they're used to every day and it should be easier for them to use. Tam in Ford reporting from Farnborough and Tom some really interesting insights there to BA Systems Technology and fascinating to hear Justin McClellan from Inc. talking about electrification.
4: Tim it certainly is. You know, this is really an exciting opportunity to translate our proven expertise in the electrification of propulsion systems on the ground with our buses, our hybrid and increasingly all electric buses as well as in the water with marine vehicles and translate that experience into the air and to support electric flight in the future. Very exciting, Tim.
0: Absolutely. Exciting times. Thank you very much, uh, Tom. And Charles and Brad, I'm guessing you enjoyed that insight into BA Systems Technology. Did you enjoy the event? I mean, despite a record heatwave here in the
5: UK? Well, Tim, uh, just hearing uh, Gabby, Liz and others, their excitement uh, speaking from the event, I think captured it actually pretty effectively that it really was a fantastic event. And I was incredibly impressed by how Brilliantly, we showcased our people, the products, technologies across the show, and so were the many external stakeholders that I engaged with who visited our stand. I mean, not least the Secretary of State for Defense, Ben Wallace, when he came and saw uh, the overall footprint that we had, met our people, met the apprentices in the uh, Tempest area, and their enthusiasm and excitement just came through in spades. So I'd like to thank everyone involved for making the event such a tremendous success. It really was, uh, from my opinion, the best show ever, and uh, we'll have to work very hard to top it in two years' time. Brad, have you got anything you want to add in terms of reflections?
6: Yeah, we did have some uh, some investor events there. It was really good for, for us to, to actually observe the way they saw the business. and the, I think that the technology on display and the energy and the buzz. Um, that was there in our stand and and spades i think it was really impressive for them to see that and it just again i think it's a great confidence builder and what they see in this company
0: okay thanks very much now on our last podcast we had a competition with apple series 7 watches or garmin smartwatches as prizes angie lorimer was on the podcast then and we asked you what technology was she talking about let's take a listen
1: Proudest because we won it due to the work that our team has been doing on ANPR, so Automatic Number Plate Recognition,
0: work with the police. So the answer is ANPR, or Automatic Number Plate Recognition. And our five winners drawn at random from the correct entries are Kwan Keenan from Inc. Electronic Systems, Endicott, New York. Karis Thompson from Submarines, Barrow. Mark Young from Maritime Services, Hill End. Sean Fleming from Inc. Electronic Systems, Merrimack, New Hampshire. And Rebecca Eaves from Air in Wharton congratulations and hope you enjoy your choice of prize and we'll have another competition for you on the podcast very soon okay well that wraps it for now we'll be back soon with more news and developments from across the BAE systems community so do join us then for now though from Charles Tom Brad and me Tim Smith it's thanks for listening and goodbye our conversation back
4: next month